This is the Evening Standard of your D1TN5 for Wednesday, September 15th, and I'm Aaron Matus. The Daily Egyptian is reporting former Southern Illinois AD Liz Jarnigan was dismissed in connection to what is described as a cover-up of allegations made by women's swim and dive student-athletes against head coach Jeff Hansen. The article also includes... The Daily Egyptian asked new SIU Chancellor Austin Lane for comment regarding athletes' abuse claims. He said September 7th was the first he heard about them and he can't confirm that they resulted in Jarnigan's termination. Jarnigan once again directed all questions to her attorney. A couple of quick hitters, IUPUI Senior Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations and SWA, Jarnell White, has accepted the AD post at point of NAIA. Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith joins the Fiesta Bowl Board of Directors and former Duke and LSU Athletic Director Joe Oliva has joined First Point USA as an executive consultant on the advisory board. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klievkoff is currently touring league campuses, engaging athletic department leaders on several issues facing college sports, including playoff expansion. In the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner points out there are essentially three tracks to the conversation on college football playoff expansion. Approve the 12-team format for the 2023 season, approve the 12-team format for the 2026 season, or breaks and allow other options, specifically an eight-team model. So far, ADs think the latter option may be the most likely, at least initially. Utah AD Mark Harlan. Until there are solutions to the riddles, I'm not comfortable moving forward. For the conference and for Utah, expansion seems better, but there are critical questions. Oregon AD Rob Mullen adds, It's something that's on the table, but I think we need to be thoughtful about it and make sure we get the timing right. That's an important piece. Colorado Athletic Director Rick George expresses reservations about going to 12, explaining, It's too many games. We're collecting information, and at some point, the conference will come out with a decision, but I'm not sure 12 is right. Complicating matters for the Pac-12, Wilner notes, is that its long-haul financial interests are best served by waiting for the current contract to expire. More bidders would mean more cash, but its near-term competitive interests demand the event expand as soon as possible. Greater access would bolster recruiting and fan interest. The Athletics' Chris Vanini outlines the next steps in conference realignment for the Group of Five. Despite the pending departures, Vanini argues that the AAC may still be the strongest Group of Five football conference, citing an analysis by Tulane blog Fear the Wave, which found the remaining eight AAC teams' average ESPN Plus rating would still be higher than the Mountain West in four of the past five years. Meanwhile, outside sources tell Vanini a number of schools have had informal conversations about possibly joining. Who those schools might be and what they might look like will largely be up to the university presidents, and Benini points out those criteria can vary. 180, for instance, says presidents like seeing larger athletic budgets from candidates. However, a commitment to football would alleviate some budget concerns. Additionally, Benini asks, should the AAC focus on market size and urban schools? That would fit much of the current makeup of the league, but market size doesn't mean what it did A decade ago, now TV partners want streaming viewership, and that means having a passionate fan base willing to pay to watch. If and when the AAC does expand, candidates could include Appalachian State, Louisiana, Liberty, and UAB, among others. 
Members of the Alliance envision that each of their teams will play two games home and away against opponents from the other two conferences each season. Per Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger, who notes, ideally that means the Big Ten and Pac-12 reducing their league games from 9 to 8. The ACC already plays 8. It provides teams with four non-conference game openings, two Alliance matchups, and two against the lower level of college football. Alliance games will be spread out over the course of the entire season, too, giving America what Pac-12 Commissioner Klyovkov calls a trifecta of Alliance matchups every week, at least three each Saturday. And these games won't only be scheduled years in advance. They could be arranged eight months before the meetings. There are hurdles, however, as several administrators say they do not plan on canceling existing non-conference matchups. Former Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott explains the Pac-12 networks were not originally designed to generate revenue, but rather to provide exposure to Olympic sports. Quote, There was a lot of envy about what the Big Ten was doing. It was the only other conference that had its TV network. They were getting exposure for Olympic sports that we weren't getting, but it was not a financially motivated venture. I remember the business plan that I had to present to our presidents and chancellors, and it was a commitment that we would break even through the guaranteed distribution agreements. However, over the following 12 years, as other leagues created networks, it became clear that we were not generating the profits that others were. And there's new people who came along in our conference who weren't part of that decision as to why we were creating the network, but priorities change. I get that. It came under heavy criticism. This and more in your D1 ticker email. I'm Aaron Matus, and this has been the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, September 5th. We'll update again in the morning. Thank you for listening.